You are now listening to FemRegard Podcast with Tessa Markle and Carolina Alvarez. Mmm, Fem. Hey listeners, want to start your own podcast? Let us tell you our favorite tool. Anchor is the one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. Here's why. Anchor lets you record and edit your show right from your phone or computer. So no matter your setup, you can start creating right now. Then it distributes your show to the most popular listening platforms like Apple and Spotify. Plus, it's the only place you can send video content to Spotify. Creators can even earn money on Anchor with ads and subscriptions. Best of all, it's all free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So welcome, Jennifer Lynn Warren. Hi. Um, we're super excited Hello. to have Hello. you on. So listeners, Jennifer <laughs> hosts her own podcast, Hollywood Actors Guide to Surviving the Film and TV Industries, um, which, I mean, I listen to regularly. So like, it's always fun to have another podcast host from a podcast that I listen to on because it's like this like inception mind thing. <laughs> like I'm so used to hearing your voice and now I get to talk to you. Um, but if you guys haven't listened to her show yet, especially if you're an actor, but honestly, if you're like in any part of the film industry like there's good advice throughout but good advice all yeah you sent me one of her episodes just because it kind of was delving into writing character development and I was like okay this is yeah that's when I I Mm -hmm. tuned in and it was so educational valuable and I, I love I just love yeah the way you outline it so absolutely not specific to actors like can definitely branch off into other things that yeah, are so But especially fun if you're an actor. To there's, learn just, about. there's so much good stuff in there. So I highly recommend you guys tune in. And Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. And I'm a huge fan of your podcast. And thank you so much Yay. for listening to mine. <laughs> you know, we put these things out Absolutely. in a void. And it's always like, is anyone listening? <laughs> Am I talking right. to myself? Just me and my cat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, like the amount that that's like the most rewarding thing when you bring on a guest and they're like, Oh, yeah, we've been listening for a while now. We're like, really? That is so cool. It was funny, actually, when I first found out that you listened to us, Jennifer was because I was going in for a COVID test and it was um, like the nose swab one, which I'd only ever done the mouth swab one. So I watched the intro or like directional video and I recognized your voice. And I was like, Oh, my God, I have to email her and let her know. So it's always fun to like those small world kind of moments too. You yeah. Know? Those tests I can be that. brutal That's... too. I, yeah. I did an episode, but my COVID test. Yeah. <laughs> like after they stuck the thing up my nose, I had to pull over. I couldn't drive. Like, I don't know oh. what I, what what's going on with that girl's day that day, but like she yeah. was looking for something and Shut up. <laughs> up there, but yeah. Oh my god, that sounds. I I always was like, if they're gonna do the brain tickler, I'm not doing it. Yeah, but it's it's interesting. Um, saying that you know, like my podcast isn't just for actors. I think that one of the mistakes made by everyone in the industry is they get into their little pod, and mm. they have trouble breaking out. Whereas I feel like. I didn't start booking work as an actor until I started working below the line, until I was a grip and a producer and I was a production coordinator and lots of PA work and on the other side of the casting table. And then you start hearing all of these conversations and you're like, 
oh, that's why I'm not booking this or that's why, you know, actors like the, oh, if only somebody could just give me a chance, you know, and until you're in that place where you have the opportunity to give someone a chance, but you, you can't because it's your career on the line because somebody's giving you a chance. Like you, and then you right. start to see the game that you're playing and what you need to do to build trust and things like that. And so I think um, as actors, your podcast is vitally important as a director, you know, like you've got to get as much information as you can. Um, like, yeah. like Audrey Moore says on her podcast, Audrey Helps Actors, which is another fabulous podcast. Like this is the Olympics. And yeah. so many actors are playing this game. Like it's, you know, high school basketball. And it's like, no, it's mm-hmm. a much bigger pond. And you, you've got to get as much information as possible. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it is a game too, because you look at, you know, 10, maybe even not that long ago, years ago, like you couldn't do multiple things. Like you couldn't even be like a TV and a movie actor. Like you had to choose, you know? And then just a couple years ago, it was like, get as many hyphenates as you can, list everything you could do. And now it's like that, well, you have to have all those hyphenates, but like only actually advertise that you do these. And, you know, it's just like, it is such a game of like figuring out what the industry wants right now and stuff. But like, Regardless of how you present it, it's so good to have experience in as many different areas as you can. Because like you said, then you understand, you know, from whatever, if you, even if you do just want to be an actor, just want to be a director, whatever, getting that experience helps you in that lane too, for sure. And I can tell you an interesting thing, um, when you're attaching talent to a project, which is Mm -hmm. something I'm going through right now. And you're a fan of an actor and you want to offer them a role that is a character they've never played before. And it's good and it's juicy. And you're like, oh my God, you know, this actor's never, they're not getting offered this kind of thing. Cause they're a sitcom guy and I'm giving him like dirty, gritty, deep. And then like, there's this roadblock, which is the agent and the manager. And actors like to give all of their power over to these people. And I've learned as an actor, I'm like, oh, I got to have a really hard conversation with my agents and my managers right now because I'm wondering what kind of roadblocks they're putting up for me going, oh, they don't do that. This is not Mm -hmm. the type of material that they do. And they won't. Mm. SAG rules say that you can't offer something to an actor and the, the agent has to pass it on to the actor. And I can tell you that's not happening. I'm not surprised, unfortunately, but. And I, I mean, people who are tuning in, they, they, I think it is eye-opening. Like maybe I should have a second conversation mm-hmm. with, you know, my, my Asian and manager regarding that because you don't know until you're on the other you side, don't. right? You don't. And then when you, you've made enough friends and you've made an offer to an actor and it's a good offer and, you know, you already have someone else attached in your film who's friends with that actor and you get a no from the agent. Mm. And then you go to your actor friend and you go, can you find out why they said no? And then that actor goes, no to what? And then you're like, okay, mm. this is this is the game we're playing. And and you got to wonder, because like our, our career is ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. And I, I should have been awake to this before in my career, because just coming off of American Horror Story, I got this email from this director. He was doing a short film and he was like, hey, I'm shooting this film in Seattle. 
It's all expenses paid. I'm willing to pay you um, $600 a week, which isn't a lot, but it's a lot for a short film. And yeah. I've always wanted to go to Seattle and I'm always up for all expense paid trip. So, um, and I, I <laughs> looked yeah. at it and it was like a pretty good script. And I was like, yeah, I'll go to Seattle to shoot this. He's like, oh, thank goodness. Cause I've sent this to your agent like 10 times and she hasn't written me back. It's so disappointing. Oh my God. That's But so it's also like at the same time, I mean, I guess I can see where they're coming from because like you had said, it's like, well, they're, you know, their butts are on the line too, because it's like, they don't want to take a chance if it's something they don't know for certain you can do mm -hmm. or whatever. And, you know, then that reflects poorly on them. So I do get that. But at the same time, just ask the actor, you know? Exactly. Like, well, yeah, I feel like that should just be a yeah, conversation. Just pass it on be like, hey, I don't think you should do this, but here it is anyway. And mm -hmm. so I've, I'm a big advocate for actors always having their, at least, like, if you don't want to give out your main email, have like an, a quote actor email or a business email that you put on yeah. your IMDB and your Instagram or whatever. So anybody can mm -hmm. contact you, no matter who you are, how big you become, because you never know. And you hear about actors, like, I think it's Julia Roberts. She doesn't have an agent or manager. She just has a lawyer. And you got to wonder yeah. what she didn't get and then she found out and then she's just like screw y'all i'm gonna go off on my own and make my own decisions on my own projects yeah i mean everything i audition for if it if it's something that i get through my agent i may not have the opportunity but anything that i self-submit or have a chance to like tack on my own email address i absolutely do because i figure hey in the end like it the agent's getting paid. So whether it's coming from the production or from me, like I'm going to make sure they get, you know, their part mm -hmm. in it. So why not just have the direct contact to me if that's what needs to happen? And they can be the backup contact if for some reason they can't get a hold of me or whatever. And, you know, it just, it's better safe than sorry. I feel always, like to cover that. Always. I yeah. did this audition always. for, um, they're doing a remake of I Spit on Your Grave. Mm -hmm. And I did the th this audition in like October and then I heard nothing almost a year later to the day I got an email from um, it was like the director or somebody um, they had changed casting directors, but my agent had dropped me and I had moved to a different agent. And so if I had mm -hmm. only had my agent's information on my resume, they're like, hey, we emailed your agent and all they said is she's no longer with us. She's like, we wouldn't have, yeah. wouldn't have known how to get in touch with you. So they emailed me directly. So you never know. Some projects stop and start. And then if they still like you a year later, you don't want to be unreachable. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, that's a scenario I didn't even like think of. Yeah, absolutely. Same. <laughs> you know, you go out for something, your agent drops you and now what? Like you gotta be findable by, by casting yeah. directors, by industry professionals. Because you never know, mm -hmm. you know. Right. And turning this, so I actually just went through um, in a manager uh, proposition that I ended up turning down. And they're a good friend to me. I love them. They're so supportive of my career. But I'm at this point right now, and I'm curious to see, like, how you are thinking about it in the long term for yourself. But the main reason why I was like, you know, I'm just, I don't think it's the right fit for me, at least right now, because I only want it to be represented as the actor, but my main meat to what I offer is all the producing stuff that I do with Femme Regard Productions and where I see my films going. 
And I just felt like the amount of time and what I'm doing with it, I just, to me, I, I just didn't want to have them be able to hop on all the different avenues that Tessa and I are doing with that. And then I have to negotiate, like later on, negotiate percentages with Tessa, right. you know, for instance, even. And I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, there's contacts there. Maybe they can leverage a studio into picking up one of my scripts. But I just felt like my I wanted to still have the power in everything I do directly through me. And yes, I get it is nice to have someone represent you and negotiate things. But I hired a lawyer actually to like negotiate that contract and... They didn't want to go with anything, which I totally get because probably industry standard to do all like have like across the board, everything that you do across the board. So I get that. But in the way I was like, I'm glad I, you know, I did that because it gave me my answer that no, I I just at this time, at least I I don't, I don't want that. And I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm okay with it because I, (laughs) it's scary because you're like, is this, it's, it was an opportunity I couldn't look away from, but I just felt, you know what, I'm going to take it into my own hands because I believe in what Tess and I are doing. And we ha- we are building a network of filmmakers and directors. Like, I think we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. be fine. We can do it on our own. But yeah, I would love to hear, because you are, we're going to get into it, like what you're going to be producing and, and directing and how are you dealing with those negotiations and all that Oh, negotiations. Um <laughs> So I fired my manager this year in January um, and it was scary, but then I I just realized that that particular manager had been putting up more roadblocks than offering me opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that actors need managers two times, either one, they're at the very beginning of their career and they cannot find an agent. No one will sign them and they need help. Mm -hmm. So a manager, a great manager Mm -hmm. will sit you down and say, here's what's wrong with your headshots. Here's where you're, these are the acting classes you need. This is, you know, this is what's, you know, why no one wants you, <laughs> you know, like going to <laughs> yeah, like a relationship coach. Like, why can't I get a date? It's the exact same philosophy. Like, why doesn't mm, anyone yeah. want to date me? Like, well, <laughs> you're never on time or, you know, whatever <laughs> it is. Or you need a manager at um, when you have reached such a point where all you're doing is getting multi-million dollar options and scripts and you can't go through it all and you need someone to manage your schedule and all that other stuff, that's the kind of manager. Mm-hmm. And so I think that. I love that you said that because I'm not saying like maybe no right. for life. I, I do think maybe down the road after I've built it up myself and I've owned my success in that way that maybe it does make sense then. Exactly. I lo- yeah, like when I'm making multi, when I'm getting multi-million dollar contracts <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and then at that point, <laughs> you know? it's kind yeah. of like, do you need a manager or do you just need to hire an assistant? Like, do you want to give somebody mm-hmm. who has control or somebody who's just going to help you manage? And I think yeah. it's a personality thing. I think people like us who are actors, director, producers, writers, creatives, we are so left and right brains. I don't think yeah. that we need managers. I think mm-hmm. even the beginning of the career managerial stuff is like, this is what we do. Like, we, this is why we have podcasts. We're like, this is like, we're trying to be the managers for all, all of the struggling 
artists out there that need some guidance. Like we're just, you're yeah. giving all of our, yeah. and so if you can do that, then, then you can do that for yourself. Yeah. I love that. And it's like, yeah, through the podcast is like one way to learn. And then just also just building your community of people that are at least a little farther along than you are, or have a little more success because they know just a little bit more. It's like, you've got all these people to coach you. I mean, I came to you for resume advice on like one of your episodes, I don't, at least over a year ago. Yeah, yeah, and like, I remember I that. Loved, yeah. And I love the feedback you gave me because it was just certain things that I was like, huh, I didn't think about it that way. I should totally like reframe this or whatever, you know? So it's, yeah, like, it's so great to be able to connect with people that can give you the kind of advice that maybe a manager would give, but like they're in your community so you're not you know giving them 20 percent and exactly exactly I'm sure that you have followed the um writers guild and the packaging deals Mm -hmm. and the strike and Mm -hmm. I think that we as actors are going that way towards SAG we don't want to admit it yet but when actors (laughs) the more of us who become producers and the more we see the other side of the industry and what agents are doing and what some managers are doing and what SAG sometimes do, do, does. Like, yeah. um, and then you hear from writers that are saying they're working more without their agents than when they had their agents because their agents were like stopping certain things when they could just get mm-hmm. rid of the middleman. I think that's where this industry is going. I think we are eventually, and, and I think agents and managers know that and they're a little bit scared. And that's why they're trying to get involved with your producing and your directing and things like that. Cause they're like, Oh no, like, you know, if actors strike and then we have, they have to fire everybody, then. Right. I'm still need an income. And that's the thing I was like, yeah, I already hold the power card in what I do there. I don't, I, I for me, I don't, I don't necessarily feel like I need to, yeah, give that yeah. away and nor do I want to. And I, I really love that you brought up the right brain, left brain. Like Tessa and I joke that I am the right brain. She's the left brain, but I do, I am a very much a left brain as well. And especially I think I'm a bit aggressive <laughs> when I go into negotiating as Tessa knows. I mean, this industry yes. is all about relationships and there are people that just, yeah. They might be brilliantly talented, but they need that person. Again, it's the people who need a handholder. If you need someone to hold your hand in this business, then get a manager, not an agent. Agents don't like holding hands. Managers, they like hold, they should like holding hands or why are you a manager? Then go be an agent. <laughs> right, right. You know? um, but I, I don't feel like I need my hand held. Mm-hmm. You no. Know? So you, so as of right now, um, you let go of that relationship and currently are just going to continue to work. Yeah, it it would have to be one hell of a manager for me to say yes to. Like, it would have to be somebody that is like, it would be dumb for my career to say no to because they're involved with packaging clients and, and so forth. And, mm. you know, and, and that's still happening. That's still, oh, you want me to pass this script to this actor? Well, then I need you to consider these other 10 actors as well that are up and coming. So that's yeah. happening. But I also think less than less um, directors are okay with being bullied into that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm certainly not okay with it. And I've just, I've just rescinded offers when agents have 
been like that with me because they're like, oh, you're a new director. Well, I can just like bully my whole client list onto you if you want my one, you know, big name actor. And it's just like, mm, yeah, I don't want them that badly. Bye. Mm. And then right. they're like, what? I mean, <laughs> She's saying, yeah. no to me. <laughs> How dare I know. And it's always like, she said no. She, she, oh, yes. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. 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 And it, it's, it's so funny. I have a, an amazing producer who's just, he's so pro like giving opportunities to like people of color and women and people who have not had the doors open to them before. He's like, I would rather hire somebody who's hungry and excited to be there than an old grumpy guy who's done this for 50 years and would rather be at home watching football because you get, you know, both like the one, the guy might have the resume but he's not going to be as passionate about it maybe. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. we're working on hiring like a very passionate cast and crew. And we had a, we actually had a um, back and forth email with a manager and they're, they're like, well, can you send us links to our stuff? And I have like um, a lot of theater I've directed and short films. And they're like, yeah, but she's never directed a feature before. And my producer just emailed back. He goes, exactly. And, it, and it's like, well, what do you say to that manager? Like, we're giving yeah. opportunities to people. Like, there are still very few female directors. Where, where do you think they are? Like, right. exactly. It, like, what right do you have to say that, like, I don't, you know? She can't do it like that. She doesn't know or can't do it. Like that's so because so you can't build those credits and, unless you're given those opportunities. And that's where we in the women's we in the industry as women suffer because no one can just like fucking give it, open yeah. the door for us. And thank you to those who do because there are people who do, especially I know ones who listen to our show. Thank you, but this is yeah, the struggle. Yeah. It's like okay, but. Everyone, you, you'll gladly give it to probably a guy who has that same experience, you know, and it's like, let's, let's open the door. So, I mean, I love that exactly. he was like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, exactly. exactly. We're doing it. Um, and and yeah. I will say to anybody out there that is um, female and you want to be in the industry and you don't seem to be getting calls. Um, the, the, the women who have been working for a while, who have been lucky enough to break in, um, the industry has kind of blown open. Like we're open for business. Like it's mm -hmm. hard to get crew right now. So it's hard to get crew right now. So I'm trying to hire women and they're all busy. So it's like trying to find mm. like the wardrobe PA who wants to be like the head wardrobe person, you know, cause it, you, cause that's kind of like what you do. Cause I'm working in the low budget area. So like you take people who are looking to become de department heads, but mm -hmm. there's really not like a database to search. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of people are run by managers, but they're right. going to push like their men on you or they're going to push whatever, or they're going to be out of your budget because it is a woman who's been working for like 20 years. And you're like, well, that she's great, but I can't afford her. I need to give an opportunity to somebody who hasn't broken in. And there, right. I, and there are supposed databases that have that, but I'm still not finding the people there. So like whoever you are, just make yourself known somehow. Like yeah. I'll even go on Instagram and like search production designer for people who ha just have that in their like bio. 
mm-hmm. and just Bio, try to yeah. find like so women or people of <laughs> color. And like, it's, it's a process. So I don't know what the solution is, but we need to, to just make them more, fi- be more findable, whatever that is. And it's the same for actors. It's all about being findable for your brand and your yeah. casting. So I'm saying that to crew as well. Like there are people looking for you. We just haven't fit, like the technology hasn't caught up to 2021 yet and we have it obviously but it's just yeah. just need to find you I don't know how to find yeah. you <laughs> it, well it's so tough because it's like there's almost too many databases mm-hmm. like you know you've got like LinkedIn which uh, yeah, isn't film that. specific and then there's a bunch of like there's free the work there's stage 32 there's mm-hmm. Sundance collab but it's like it's it's too much and it's like how do you narrow it down and then you've got like IMDB which is pretty good at least for like figuring out actor stuff but then like you get to the crew side and it's so many people get credited for other stuff because they were a big help so you want to give them a better credit but then it's like they didn't actually you know like assistant direct they were really just a helpful PA and it's you know yeah. like you can't really trust that so yeah and, the, and there are some jobs with some creative endeavors that you can't hire somebody who's green um, for mm-hmm. instance the script I'm working with has one scene that's 28 pages with wow. 14 actors. So if you think about the scheduling and the coverage that you have to be able to do, if I don't have a seasoned AD, I'm dead as a new director. Like I need yeah. somebody who can do the, the scheduling yeah, and a DP who can help me do the coverage because without those two people, like, and it's about your strengths too. So as a director, like I've done a lot of like my own production design for theater. So like if somebody comes in and they're new as a production designer, I can pick up that mantle. I can be like, okay, this is what I want. And I can help them. So, mm-hmm. so I think it's right. also being aware that opportunities are also balanced with the experience of the person trying to give you that opportunity. They're going to need, they're going to be able to give opportunities in certain places and not in others. Like I can get a performance out of any actor. Like I, I am a really great coach. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm on set and, and, you know, it's funny because my producers are used to an actor getting a couple names attached and then they're like, what other names can we get? Mm -hmm. And I think I've used my, Mm -hmm. my producers and my, my distributor, because we have a distribution company we're working with. Cause they're like, okay, we've got these names and like, they're like, now we can't afford anymore. And I'm like, I don't want anybody else. Like I'm, yeah. I want hungry actors that are going to be excited to be on my set because I know I can get a performance out of them. Hey everybody. I'm Chris Fafalius and I'm the producer of Chris to makes a podcast and the host of the one hit thunder podcast. And I'm Matt Kelly, host of horror movie night and the producer slash the head of content for the Geekscape podcasting network. Between the two of us, we have, believe it or not, 25 years of podcasting experience, and we want to help you start your own podcast. We know podcasting, and we want to share that knowledge with you. So whether you're new to podcasting or you want some feedback on your currently active podcast, we want to help. Or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work. Well, we can help you with that also. You can contact us at info at weknowpodcasting.com for more information. We're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality. Yes, I love all of that. Like, kudos to you, Jennifer, for being that kind of director. 
um, what you're saying is so smart. Like, you know, you know where, you know your strengths, you know your weaknesses, you know where you need um, to bring in the right kind of people to your crew. It sounds like you're approaching it in a very intelligent and and strategic way so that you can bring in new people onto the project, give them a chance, but also like, you know where you, you can't like falter that or, or risk that too much with what you're dealing with. And even on, yeah, and on the acting side too, like if it, it's hard sometimes when you're, you know that you need to, to better your project or get, not better, but get exposure is to attach names. But I'm someone who's like, if they're the right talent, like it's just going to start to like, that's going to mm-hmm. blow up. That's really what's going to blow up your project more because people then can't stop watching it and sharing it within their yeah. own network, right? So like, you know, when you're, you know, certainly if you want to share that ever with us, when that comes time, you know, that's, that's the community that starts to spread and grow in that way. So I love that you mentioned those things. I think that's super smart and important and you're, you have a good, good approach to that. It's a financing game, right? Whether you're, whether you're debt financing a film or you have equity for a film, actors are, uh, and, and I, I love the idea of bringing in new talent and when you've got money right. like Disney has, Disney can afford to find a super talented person and, and take that risk and pay for the marketing to get the audiences on board. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the space where we're working in, when you're trying to either convince someone to invest in your film or do debt financing. And so you're doing pre-sales to like France and Germany and learning that actors you've never heard of are big sales over there versus like people you think would be really big (sighs) names are not international sales. And and then your distributor saying, no, that big name actor will not work for your movie, even if they do say yes. Um, it's, it's, It's a concession that you make. And so mm-hmm. you, you, it is about having like understanding no matter what your role is on that set, that one or two people are coming in because they're providing the sales or they're providing the comfort to the person providing the money that this is going to be good. And if you're not okay right. with that game, you become bitter. You become a bitter actor. Then why yeah. won't anybody give me a chance? And it's like, well, when you have a couple million dollars to put into a movie, you can have a chance or a couple thousand dollars to do a web series. You can have a chance, but it's under, you've got to understand how the machine works. Mm -hmm. And as much as I would love to have no names in my movie, it's not possible. Then I have no movie. And I find it interesting. I don't think it's an approach I, I typically hear on our show is, um, the, it's, you have this relationship right now with the distributor yep. up front to then, um, so that, that relationship, is it like you already like agreed upon, like we are contracted to, to once the film's produced, finished, we're going to send it off to you to distribute. I, I'm assuming that's probably yeah. how that works. So, um, um, cause typically I don't hear that you have, it happens up front, right. you know, um, it's, it's, the there's so many different ways of financing a film or, or any, or any sure. sort of project. And so um, there, there are some distributors, um, there's some distributors that are bottom feeders. 
um, I worked in a, a, the, a little theater in Hollywood that made their money working with bottom feeder distributors with no name films promising them the world and then charging them like $7,000 a week so that their movie could play in Hollywood, uh-huh. you know, and just getting these poor filmmakers from around the world to just buy into the, oh, if my movie's playing in Hollywood, something's gonna happen. And then playing right. these movies to an empty theater, um, which was heartbreaking. <sighs> and then movie, movie pass was amazing because suddenly people would just go out and see anything and suddenly Mm -hmm. some of these films found a little bit of a home tvd (laughs) i saw so many movies in the theater every day i miss the theaters Um, so um i i just want to put out a caution there um if someone's listening and they're like oh go to a distributor first Mm -hmm. it's a very it's just like it's, it's just as hard of a door to walk into as saying, oh, I'll just go get a financier mm-hmm. because there's a lot of bottom feeders out there. There's a lot of people who are going to promise you the world, charge you money up front, and they're not really delivering. They're just preying on your hopes and dreams. Whereas mm-hmm. the, the position, uh, the, right. this privileged position I'm in with this distributor is because of a I believe God, I think it's almost 14 years now, at least 12 year for sure relationship that I've had with a line producer for the movie that I got my SAG card in. I just happened to start talking to this guy on set because I was bored and I was done filming and I just wanted to know what everybody did. And we became friends and we've been close friends ever since. And now 12 years later, um, I was actually been helping him pr- put together pr- like um, hiring directors for films and like working on becoming a producer. And I mm-hmm. brought him the film that my friend wrote that I'm now directing. And I was like listing like directors that I thought would be good. And he's like, why don't you direct this movie? And so I-, I think wow. we're all about like, we have this stupid idea that you go out to like one networking event and you're going to meet that one person and they're going to be like, why don't you direct this movie? Here's like one point, whatever million dollars. And it doesn't happen this way. This is like a long term, like you, like you never know. Like I could call Tessa in five years and be like, you would be great in this movie. Come act in it could call Carolina in in 15 years and be like, I need you to produce this TV series for HBO that I'm show running. You have no idea. Like these, the way really, and and actors, like especially actors, they approach people like, what can you do for me? Do you have a project you can put me on? Blah, blah, blah. blah. And, Mm -hmm. And nobody's ever, the reason why I think I'm directing on this film is like, the past 12 years that I, I've been friends with this, this line producer, producer slash producer slash unit production manager is every time he was on something, I go, oh, can I help? Can I, can I do, can, can you show me how to mm-hmm. do like the budgeting and scheduling? I just want to see how movie magic works. Like I, can I yeah. break down a scene and you tell me like oh how I gosh. do, oh, do you need a PA for your movie? Cause I'm not doing anything in the next three months. So I've PA'd for him. I was a production coordinator for him. When he hired me as a production, I'd never been a production coordinator, didn't know what one was. And he was like, trust me, I'll be there, you can do it. And so I production coordinated a pilot 
And that's because he trusted you in the interim. You know, he saw you're someone who shows up, who wants to do the work and is going to, to hop on it. So that's, that's also, that speaks to you because it, that wouldn't have happened had you not just assisted Mm -hmm. at PA. And it was all because on this movie that I was working on, um, I walked up to this guy that was on a computer going, because he's just sitting on a computer all day on a, like, what do you, I was like, what do you do? Like, what, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he was like, oh, well, actors usually don't ask me that, you know, actors usually don't talk to anybody but other actors. And that's mm-hmm. the last thing you want to do. Yeah. You know, I mean, one of my most proud, this, one of the stories I'm most proud of is, um, when I booked American Horror Story, it was supposed to shoot for one day and it was a co-star. And when I book something, I look up all the, especially for TV, all the directors, the showrunner, all the writers. I want to know what they look like. I want to, I look them up on their Instagram, their hobbies, everything, whatever information I can find about anybody. And so we go to lunch and I just walk around the table, walk around the table. And you know that writers have all the power in TV. And I'm like, I know there's got to be a writer here. There's got to be a writer. This is the pilot episode for season three. There's got to be, or it was like four, whatever. There's got to be a writer here. And then I saw Brad Falchuk sit down and I was like, he's a writer. <laughs> right? Yeah, so I right went and I, and I, and, and yes. like my, pl- my tray, the food was completely cold by this point. Cause I literally, some people <laughs> like anyone watching me had and thought I was like insane. And I have like an 1800 <laughs> gown on and I'm just like, kind of like, min- like yeah, just like, just lingering, like, you know? Yeah. And I just went and sat with him and we started talking. We started talking about um, rock climbing. Cause I know he did it. I do it. And then he was like, oh, so you must like getting physical as an actor. And I'm like, I love it. I'm like, I usually get hired to as like stunt person who needs somebody who can actually act. I'm mm-hmm. like, it's kind of nice to just sit around in a dress. And he like laughed <laughs> at that. And the next thing I know, I was going to zombie school and I was on there for like five more episodes. And I don't think that would have happened if I hadn't sat down. Introduce yeah, yourself. and the writer got to know me and he took it back to the writer's room and was like, you know, we've got this um, actress that we can beat up. And sure enough, they, they beat me up like the rest <laughs> of the season. Like I was beating down doors and like the fights and like, <laughs> and then my, my other two, oh, the two girls playing my sisters were like, why are you getting all of these like crazy scenes? And I'm like, no, no, I just had lunch with the right person, I guess. Yeah, but that's so, so smart. I mean, it just doing the research for any audition, for anything, like even just a commercial where it's like you, maybe the only research that you can look into is the name of the casting director and like the product that you're, you know, selling or whatever. But even that, it's like, I mean, one time I went in for an audition and I always do my research too, but it was like last minute, I just didn't have the time. And I was like, whatever, I'll be fine. I get there and it was for a Spanish speaking like office. I mean, the role itself, I didn't have any lines, so it was fine. But like the, I mean, everybody in that room was speaking Spanish and like, I speak a little, but not enough. And I was like, oh my God, the one time I didn't do my research, of course, you know? So that's just like a lesson in general to do the research. But going above and beyond and knowing something about them, it gives you reason to talk to them. And you don't feel like 
desperate of like, hi, so I'm an actor. I know you're a writer. And like, that's it. That's all you have to talk about. Like you actually talked about rock climbing, you know, you knew who they were. Because they're people too, you know, believe it or not. There's, there's a person behind the pen and paper. You're almost, almost all of them ask you. So tell me about yourself. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be nice to have like stalked them online to find something you had in common? You know, I I remember I went in for Danielle Eskenowski. Eskenazi, I took one of her classes before. And and she likes to like knit and things like that. I don't, Mm -hmm. but I sew belly dance costumes. And so when she told, she she was like, tell me about yourself. I'm like, well, I spent the morning um, sewing um, the skirt for this costume that I have. And and like immediately she perked up because suddenly I was talking about something she was interested in. And we had a conversation instead of just like your regular bland interview. And then she, you know, started calling me in a lot. And it's just like that because then I was Mm -hmm. memorable. Right. And it's about making an authentic personal connection you can always tweak it too like you said about you know she knitted so you related that to the costume making and there was it may have been danielle's class i don't know one commercial class that i took at some point i remember them saying you know when they ask you those questions if it's something that doesn't relate to you some you know like they're asking you uh what do you do to keep active because it's an active wear commercial or whatever and and you don't exercise at all like find a way to turn that into one of your passions you know like oh well I'm not super active but my favorite thing is action movies and martial arts and movie or whatever you know that you can make it relate to you and something that you are passionate about because that's going to come through and they're going to, like you said, they're going to remember you for that. But even just on the camera, like it's going to be a better audition, you know? So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, the, the, there's, everyone's always like, what's the secret to success in Hollywood? But no one wants to hear the answer. And it's, yeah. and it's about, it's just making relationships and being in as many rooms as you possibly can be. And then just keep doing that and keep doing that and never expect anything from anybody, but always find ways to help everybody that you come in contact with. I love that. I love that. We, we just had another podcaster um, on this morning that we spoke very much um, the same thing. It's no one likes to hear it's, it's about who, you know, but it's, it's that those are the relationships. That's, that's all that means. It's the relationships you form with everybody in the room, because like you said, you never know who down the line could contact you. If you made a good impression, showed up for them, kept building those relationships. And um, we were talking about, it's not an overnight success in that way. It can feel like that when you're looking at someone, but how many doors did they open? How many people did they network with to, to land? Yeah, that and role, I would even know? say it's not who you know, because there are people that I even have their phone numbers in my phone. If I called them, it's going to take them a minute to remember who I am. And then they're going to be like, why are you calling me? Right. <laughs> um, it's who knows you and who likes you. Yeah. I, I know mm-hmm. lots of people that mm-hmm. don't necessarily know me because it is a pecking, like we're in a caste system, right? Mm -hmm. So there's lots of people I've had conversations with at like cast parties and like networking events that I have, I am off their radar. And there are people that I've met that I don't remember because they're off of my radar, but it's up Mm -hmm. to them to stay in my orbit. 
yeah. there are very clever actors that listen to my podcast that have figured out how to stay in my orbit. And now that I'm casting, I'm like, damn, I wish I could give every single one of them a role. Why? Because yeah. they've cleverly stayed in my orbit. Like very smart little little actors and and you know and it's it's like whose orbits are you gonna stay in and it can't be everybody's but it could right. be people that you're authentically that you like that you're interested in who are interested in the Absolutely. same things um it's it's really you're really hard pressed to find an actor or in LA or New York that isn't connected to a theater company in some way and I've met so many actors that are so anti-theater and they're the ones that are not working. And I'm yeah. like, there, is that, there seems to be a common thread there. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't want to do the work. Mm-hmm. You want to walk the red carpets. and <laughs> Here in Hollywood, they'll throw down a red carpet. <laughs> like so... birthday parties. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So that's, that's not a problem. Yeah. Absolutely. We can, we can make that you happen. You can hire a PR person and they can put you, I mean, not, not while COVID's on, but they can put you on red carpets every night of the week. Mm-hmm. Just because through their connections, they mm-hmm. can throw you in, on red carpets all Absolutely. day long. And I see those actors with like no credits, yep. but they're always like posting on Instagram. They're all, they're, they're just you know, they're, they're in the mix. They look like they're in the mix. Yep. And some people might buy into that. I mean, you might have a naive director go, oh, they might be great. They're always on red carpets. They must have friends in high places. Spilling the tea <laughs> on that. It's, it's, there's just, yeah, there's, there's fakes. And so that's, that's not the hard, that's not hard to do here. You know, that's what your, your angle is walk a red carpet we can make that happen for you femme regard can make that happen (laughs) we might not pay for it but you know what I mean it's it's like it's it's not that it's not that's not the end goal and and it it is harder to even just talking about forming those relationships taking the time to do the research and the stalking (laughs) the clever stalking it's it's super important to to use those opportunities when you're on set to make those connections and, and not just be the bystander. And it is intimidating. I'm sure like if you're the first time, but I think you just have to like, remember to people are just people at the end of the day. You know, right? what? And, and they and want there's to have so much really- power, so much power. If you're on set and you see the director sit down for lunch and there's an open seat next to them to go over and say, I can't believe I'm asking you this because I'm so scared and so intimidated, but can I sit next to you? Cause I would really like to, but I'm so afraid that you'll say no because Aww, you're the director yeah. and I know I'm just a co-star. Who mm-hmm. is it that the exact reaction you're having right now? Who wouldn't be yeah. like, oh, this poor they're scared. Let me play with We're sitting next to you. Let me take you under my you're so cute. Like, who wouldn't love that? Like. Right. You know, so sometimes you just, you know, I bet most of them eat their, their lunches alone because everyone's yeah. too scared to sit next well, to them. Can I you imagine? I've come to find out um, now that I'm directing is everyone like I'm, I'm trying to hire, especially my DP and AD. They're like, you're having lunch with me, right? You know, like we're going to have to like sit down because it's going to be the only time that we're going to have our alone time to go over what's <laughs> yeah. going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> Um, so I think TV, you, I think there's a little more, bit more leeway there than in, in film, whereas like, right. 
Um, but you know, you, you'd be surprised. Like I said, like this opportunity is coming to me because I made friends with the line producer. A lot yeah. of them have a reputation for being mean, even though my guy is like the nicest guy I've ever met in the industry. Um, he's <laughs> so calm for a line producer. He's just like, it's okay, guys, this is in surgery. We'll, we'll figure out how to get the alligator here. You know, whatever it is. <laughs> That's an actual line of person say. <laughs> oh my God, I love figure it. Figure out how to get the alligator here. Um, yeah, and so like you never know. You never know when the PA is going to be producing their their next thing or you right. know, when the makeup artist is like, she right. really wants to be a writer and she's going to be a showrunner next year. You have no idea. And I think you just make friends with all the people that you naturally get along with because we mm. all have that sometimes you talk to somebody and for some reason there's this weird friction just let it go they're they're not meant to be they're not your kind of weird because we're all kind of weird and i love that you said it. and it, and it's okay so it's okay to have that pressure off if you're just not don't force a connection because it'll Absolutely. it'll feel forced like that's just Absolutely. what's gonna happen at the end of the day so like let it go move on um, you know, or they're just maybe not the closest person in your circle. That doesn't mean you have to like, also, they're just not like completely there. You might just not have mimosas with them. <laughs> exactly. That's okay. Like, but I really love, I really love the people that can have mimosas <laughs> with, you know? those, are, those are the people I want to work with. Cause at the end of my film set, we're taking a shot of tequila, honey. You know what I, I mean? Know. That's we what's really happening. need to bring back that martini shot. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Why do we get rid of that? Like, <laughs> we kept the term. It gets everybody excited. And then you're like, what? There's no actual martini? And Come then on. they get mad when you roll out the martini cart. They're like, I'm back here. And you're like, but he, but he just said, oh, okay. <laughs> I love it. And I am a, unlike most people, I'm a huge fan of an actor doing background work at least once. You need mm -hmm. to go on a set and see how it's run before your job is at stake. Yeah, I agree. Because do you know who to talk to when you get on set? Do you know where to go? All those trailers, all those signs. Do you know, do you know who to talk to? Do you just go in your trailer or do you need to check into somebody? Are you allowed to just walk to set without yep. anybody knowing? Like all of this stuff, like you can, and then those cameras are intimidating. They look like big dragons. They're just like <laughs> eat you. Like, yeah. like, but if you don't know what an AD does or a DP does, and you've never seen them do their job, you're going to get, you're going to be on the, you're going to be cut Forget out of that movie. It. So like, you need to go do that. But yeah, I think it's so, you just learn how a set works and maybe you don't, you know, fully know like everything an ad does but you can point like figure out like oh that guy's probably the ad you know because of what they're doing and you just yeah you just learn the basics of how it works and what is and isn't acceptable and so whenever it comes time for you to actually be like a significant part or to be on the crew side whatever it ends up being you have an idea of how it just in general a set is run that you probably it's not something you learn in film school really it's not something you just learn from a podcast because there's too much to really just lay that out on a podcast you know so yeah you can't learn yeah. until you're on the set but even in our podcast I'm going to bring up another thing we brought up in the past and I'm sure Jennifer sorry if you guys heard me say this already but um by we always say this by doing filmmaking yourself and learning how the whole um, storyboarding and how all of that works. 
I mean, going back on set after I've learned all those things, I've learned when to save my Oscar winning performance tears when I knew they weren't going to do a close up shot of me. You know what I mean? It makes you so much smarter and and less like less pressure um, to like how much energy do I need to keep giving in in certain moments because it, you you got to have endurance for the day. And so like simple, simple I'm doing air quotes, guys. It's just like tricks like that. It's just you're a much smarter actor when, A, yeah, you know the set you're walking into, what that the operations look like, the departments look like, and then even getting down to the, the micro of it, the, the filmmaking portion of it, just how, it's, how your shots aren't just always close-ups all the time or always Water like shots, further yeah. away. You can even be, you can even ask the AD at that point when you know who the AD is. Hey, by the way, are we doing a close-up or is it a two-person? What's my shot? Like, where are we at? Because you know, what, like, are you, what are you going to do? Yeah. And I've been on several sets like this when they invite you to set and you, they're like rehearsals up, like do this and the, and the AD tells you what, and you have no idea who the director is. And so acting is more than acting class yeah it's taking control yes. of your career and baby you better know who the dp is and you better know what an ad does and you better know what the difference between the dp and the camera operator and sometimes they're the same person because if you piss off if yes. you piss off the dp they'll make sure you're lit in a way that you will end up on the cutting room floor <laughs> you you want to make friends with the ad because they're going to tell you actually what's happening and then mm-hmm. you're going to say to the, a- the AD, this is my thing. Feel free to stay, to, 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 to um, um, steal it. Um, when the DP has a moment, I'd really like to be just briefly introduced. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And then when the DP mm-hmm. comes over, like, oh, hey, you know, I'm so-and-so the DP. Like, oh, hi, I'm Jennifer. Listen, I am really easy to work with as an actor. Anything I can do to make your shot look good, you can tell me. Because you're expecting the director to do that. Not all, not all directors are comfortable talking to actors. Some directors got yeah. into it because they're camera operators or they're DPs and they're there to make cool looking shots and have mm. no idea how to get a performance out of an actor or even when an actor's doing the performance well. They're clueless <laughs> and they're the director. Yeah. It's all about yeah. like, I just, I just want to beat it into people's heads. It doesn't matter <laughs> if you want to be a producer or a director or whoever is just willing to just be there and be cool and be a nice, cool person. And people will remember you. Yeah. Yes. Well, here's what's funny. Cause film and TV will hire you based on who you are. Like they're hiring mm-hmm. you. Whereas in theater, you get to do the dream that all film and TV actors claim they want, which is like immersing themselves in another character, like Walking Phoenix gets to do. Yeah. Yeah. But you notice even amongst the A-listers, there only are a couple of actors that we hire that we trust to do that. Mm. And the only place I know of to get that kind of training is in the theater. Because in the theater, they, they, they could cast you as anything. They're like, fine, we'll do the wigs, the makeup, the costume, whatever, and, you know, play whatever, because it's, it's mm-hmm. the theater. And then you get to be that yummy, juicy exploration of character, you know, that, that we claim, that we that claim is, as actors yeah. to crave. And then we're all fighting over a two-line co-star to play a cop where they literally just need you to say the lines, like, please don't have a backstory because you are not the lead of the scene. Right. So very true. (laughs) 
Oh, Jennifer, you just said it. Like, you literally just said it. And I think that's so true. And that's why I've really enjoyed film, because I I actually have really loved to really Mm. utilize me in the character and what I bring forth. And I'm like, this is who I am. (laughs) Well, because as a film actor or a TV actor, you know, anything on camera, um, 90% of your career is spent doing the business. And like, you know, auditioning. So you're acting in an audition, but like actually being on camera and getting to act is such a small percentage of the time versus theater. As soon as you're cast, you're, you're acting like that's what you are going to be doing the entire time. So yeah, it's, you're prepping your backstory, writing like monologues for yourself and like doing all that, that character work that we love. Um, That's so true, Tessa. I feel like we can definitely go on for like another half hour about just this. But Jennifer, do you want to pimp out like your your project? Um, your project and your podcast and us? your handles and podcast. everything you want people to know. <laughs> well, my yeah. home address. No, okay. Um, <laughs> find me anywhere podcasts are found at Hollywood Actors Guide to Surviving the Film and Television Industry. I also wrote a book of the same name that is on Amazon for free if you do the Amazon Kindle thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me anywhere at Hollywood Actors Guide or at Jennifer Lynn Warren on the Twitter, on the Insta, on the TikToks, as the kid was that what the kids are calling it. <laughs> right? We don't know. We're right there. We're, <laughs> we're right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even TikTok, but I'm there. Um, <laughs> Same. Same. I don't even, I'm on there to watch my nieces um, but I'm pretty active on and then you can if you have any questions you can always email the show at hollywoodactorsguide at gmail.com and I reply to everybody even if it's not timely I do try to get to everybody so if you have questions and things like that um, but I you know I'm I'm tough love but I will tell you the truth But honestly, that's what we need. Yeah. You know? Because I remember, Tessa, like, sending back your resume. I was like, listen, it's going to have a lot of writing on it. (laughs) (laughs) But it was so helpful. And, like, that's, you know, my resume now is better because of it. So Resumes are tricky. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, the podcast is born out of a frustration of what actors don't know that they need to know. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I've had several actors email me in the past couple of weeks going, man, this Stanislavski book and actor prepares really is opening things up for me. And I'm like, oh, wow. my God, like there are actors that don't know who Stanislavski is. Yeah. Like, oh, they say they do Meisner. It's coming from Stanislavski. Oh, they say they're still at, but they're coming from Stanislavski. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, he was, yeah, he was the first. He was the original. He was the OG. Yeah. The OG gangster. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on today. You are this welcome. Has been super great. Thanks for listening to FemRegard Podcast. If you like what you hear, tune in every Friday for more tips on the filmmaking business and insightful conversations with industry professionals. We can only grow with your support, so please subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can also join the FemFam on Patreon. For more on us, check us out at femregard.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.